0: Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation.
1: Welcome to the Arkansas AgCast for April 29th. I'm your host, Rob Anderson. On this week's edition, we learn about a unique new video project called Experience Arkansas Agriculture. And we talk to agriculture economics professor Dr. Bob Stark, who is retiring this summer after a distinguished career at the University of Arkansas at Monticello. We also get a final legislative session wrap-up from Arkansas Farm Bureau's Jeff Pitchford. First up, Experience Arkansas Agriculture is the name of a new video and multimedia project from the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. A kickoff event was held at the Cooperative Extension Service Headquarters this week to launch the project, and following the event, Ken Moore sat down with Dr. Ron Rainey, economics professor with the Division of Agriculture, Logan Duval, owner of Me and McGee Market, who will host the video productions, and Jamie Cousins, a communications manager with the Division of Agriculture, to discuss what the project is all about.
0: Today, I uh, have just sat in on a very exciting presentation here at the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture's Cooperative Extension Service Headquarters, where earlier today they had kind of a launching event, if you will, to announce a new project that uh, we'll be learning more about and be able to participate in called Experience Arkansas Agriculture. And I'm with Dr. Ron Rainey with the uh, Division of Agriculture. I'm with Logan Duvall who is going to be uh, the face of this project, if you will, and hosting uh, videos that are going to be produced for this. And, and and Logan is very, very passionate about this project. And then also uh, visiting with us is Jamie Cousins, who is a communication manager with the Division of Agriculture. And so she's going to be involved in marketing and helping promote on social media and other ways this new Experience Arkansas Agriculture Project. Ron, let's just talk first of all. Kind of what's the genesis of this uh, exciting new endeavor that you're involved in? I know you've been involved. You and I have talked about Market Maker for years and connecting farmers with local retail operations and and opportunities, but uh, uh, talk about how you and Logan kind of brainchild this uh, Experience Arkansas Ag Project.
2: No, so Logan and I, we've been talking for a while. Uh, It's it's been over six months, like a little bit around that area. But so the thing of it is, is that we're capturing this unique opportunity that's come about with with COVID, but we're intersecting this tremendous growth in local food systems, local and regional food markets. So COVID has has, has really increased the demand for local. Consumers are looking across Arkansas, across the country, they're looking to identify where their food comes from, make those connections with those local farmers and ranchers. Just a heightened sense of awareness, but what they've really come to realize is a heightened sense of satisfaction when they go out and visit and buy produce directly from those farms and ranches. So what we're trying to do is to to really uh, highlight opportunities to connect the dots, if you will tell some unique stories about the farm families, about the products that they raise, the experiences that you can have with these farm visits, and help consumers uh, understand the many ways that they can engage to enjoy these experiences, and then do some promotional efforts on a broad branding level to help build that awareness so that more and more consumers can have those experiences. And so what tools, uh, technology are you going to be
0: utilizing to share those stories? Is it strictly going to be video or multimedia, what?
2: No, it's going to be a collection. Uh, I'll let my colleague talk about a host of, of the of the activities that we're going to have. We're going to use a whole co- a collection of activities that are going to be driven by a multimedia hub, uh, a landing page on our Extension website or our Division of Ag website, where we're going to be driving these stories, which will be a collection of some in, in just in print, uh, some Some nice video vignettes uh, uh of different lengths, but telling these unique stories of the products and the families that are producing these fantastic agricultural products, and then drawing that distinction, drawing that connection all the way from the farms, telling those stories all the way to the to the restaurants. With the chefs uh, that are preparing these fantastic venues, and then hopefully making that connection to go down actually to individual families, the consumers that are able to enjoy it and share with some fantastic conversations around the dinner table, that that enriches their experience. But then making that distinct connection back to agriculture, and so just just completing that circle, if you will.
0: Well, working with the Division of Agriculture, you you know we've been telling these stories for for years now, but uh, agritourism is a growing opportunity for these local farm families to invite people out at certain times of the year to experience how their food is grown, what it's like on the farm, and so they can further enhance uh, that confidence they have in the farmer who's growing that food, right? So this
2: just kind of helps promote that. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it just helps promote that that, that connection uh, that satisfaction when you consume that product, but that satisfaction that you're supporting a local entrepreneur, and so we just wanna we just wanna in, enhance those opportunities, enhance those those connections with our consumers and our farmers. Ultimately, growing the farm economy, which is significant in Arkansas, the role that agriculture plays in our overall economy, but hopefully helping enhance people's uh, their livelihoods uh, at the individual farm level, but also in, in enhancing the health and physical, physical uh, uh, health of our consumers as they enhance the understanding of their diets. Nutrition is so
0: important, too, and there's nothing better
2: than locally grown. No, absolutely. We've, we've seen that. Uh, there There's an added satisfaction, and just from the, you know, there's a the unique flavor profiles of local grown. But there's also some, some benefits. So, you know, it, it, it's it's fresher. You you get farm fresh products, not not as processed, uh, and you're getting direct from the source. So not as many additives or ingredients added to the products. It just adds to the overall confidence that consumers can have that oh I've just got this vine ripened product. And hopefully we're going to be able to engage in some unique ways through recipes and telling some different stories in that space to help people enjoy it in a variety of ways and enjoy those products in a variety of ways
0: thank you ron Uh, logan you've got mcgee and me market over here just outside of little rock and uh, you're connecting with consumers tell for the benefit of our listeners not familiar with with your uh, market right there uh, but how and why you're so passionate about this project and uh, looking forward to uh, helping introduce people to these local markets through these videos.
3: So I'm born, raised Arkansas, love Arkansas, Uh, and uh, back to, you know, my story is not complete unless I I throw in in 2019, my little boy was five and diagnosed with stage four cancer. So I own a farmer's market, me and McGee market with my family, but also Lander's story, my little boy, it all goes back to kind of what y'all just hit on a little bit ago, nutrition. Nutrition diet is unbelievably important to combat this epidemic of chronic health that we are seeing i don't think any of us know some anybody that doesn't have diabetes uh alzheimer's cancer something right so that is the foundation for me that that's my driving fire is hey how do we get the best quality food in the people that we know our neighbors our friends our family our loved ones so with that being connected directly to agriculture through a farmer's market where we're able to highlight market display interact on the products that people buy and the farmers grow it's just a natural way and that education that we do has been very very well received Uh, we've got a large social media following been very blessed been very fortunate in what we do and uh, through that met so many people and all of us want to help Arkansas all of us want to help agriculture, whether it's the Department of Agriculture, Farm Bureau has been fantastic. But I mean, there's a lot of food distribut- distributors and, that are in on this too, restaurants. Everybody kind of wants to do. So what Ron and I really hit off was, we can do this together. You know, we hey, we team up, we can get things done because I've already got a production team that's ph- phenomenal. Uh, Ron's already got so many connections and the backing of a great institution uh, with the University of Arkansas, and and, and uh, just there's so many things we can win by doing it together. And uh, the last thing I'll add is just I I have am very passionate about it. And it's naturally gotten some opportunities uh, to, to almost be the face of sorts. That's it, still kind of weird for me. But uh, we've got to have this common denominator and this, this will. You know, the spokes are all out there, but we don't have anything connecting us, so to speak. So my goal is let, let's connect it. Let's connect it. Let's create that hub and let's blow this thing up, strengthen Arkansas from the ground up, and we, we solve so many issues that we're facing. Yeah.
0: Tell me about some of the future project. We You kind of premiered or kind of let us get a sneak peek at one of the videos you did with uh, Butch and Beth Eggers up at uh, Y Mountain. On Y Mountain now, they've sold their farm and operation, but a lot of people here in the Little Rock area are familiar with them being down at the river market uh, and, and selling their berries and their flowers and things like that. Well, they've got a great operation there. It's going to continue with new ownership you produced that video there. That's just one. What are some of the future projects you have in mind that we could be looking forward to?
3: I, I think that the opportunities are endless. So just in this conference, in this meeting, we, we have representatives of about every industry. So we've got the opportunity for agroforestry. We've got, um, you know, hydroponics, seasonal specialty crops. There's so many things, so many opportunities. So we're going to be able to cover things from poultry with the egg production or meat production, grass-fed beef, tomatoes, squash, peaches, watermelons, you name it, we're going to be able to cover it and, and capture it in a way that we tell a story that it's entertaining as much as it is informative.
0: That's fantastic, man. We're looking forward to it and excited to to see the future products. I want to bring in uh, Jamie Cousins. And Jamie, uh, if you can just tell us about the marketing element, because you got to get the word out, right? And so how are you going to be doing that?
4: Well, we have chosen to call this campaign Experience Arkansas Agriculture for a reason. That term experience is very intentional. We want people to feel. We want to hear stories. We want to tell stories. We want to share. We want to engage. And that's experience. And so we want to make farm-to-table more than just a catchphrase. It needs to be something people can feel and they get excited about. And So that's what we're really trying to accomplish here.
0: Well, and what... Forms of media, I mean, we're familiar with social media, Facebook, Instagram, kind of what can we look forward to and how can we help?
4: Well, uh, collaboration is really key for us, especially on social media. You can see us on Facebook, Instagram, and I'm going to create a Pinterest for this as well, because eventually we hope to have some recipes and some collaborations with restaurants and really highlight those. And Pinterest, obviously, being a visual search engine, hey, perfect. So we're going to introduce that, uh, but a lot of it's just really engaging with our partners in this and to create that high-quality content that Logan and Patrick will create, obviously, and then we get to share that with our audience. And so So then you've got this one audience that's grown three and four times fold by sharing with our partners. So that's why collaboration is so important, especially for the social media campaign. Now we've also developed a hashtag, A-R-A-G-E-X. And so we really want people to use that to post pictures, to share content. We're gonna be asking a lot of questions like, hey, when was the last time you visited a farmer's market? What did you do today that was, you know, experiencing Arkansas agriculture? How did you do that today? And then tag us and share, and to kind of really get that ball rolling.
0: And fantastic. So, Ron, through your network uh, and working with Market Maker and others and what Logan just referenced, we had a meal today where, Logan, you've connected with this chef uh, and talk about him just a minute. And others, other chefs, you went down to Jaja's uh, Zsa and, and and had this great strawberry dessert that he made. And you, do you have others besides them? I mean, I think that's a key component is showing that. You know, product once it leaves the farm and getting into these restaurants and working with these chefs.
3: With what we are trying to do, we want to almost set up a reward system for local chefs. So, hey, if you're going to be using these local products and we're able to connect and highlight you because. I don't know if you knew this. Marketing can be really expensive. Getting these videos made are really expensive. So what we've been able to do is create this team where we have an efficiency with doing that. And we can go out and highlight the restaurants that are using these local products. And now everybody wins again. So with that, uh, I partnered up with Chef Josh Smith of uh, Southern Standard. So I, I'm, I'm a part owner in that business. Uh, it's set up permanently at uh, me and McGee Market. But we also are, are working on having another one, a food truck that will be going out. Josh is a gritty Pine Bluff guy that has been phenomenal. Works harder than anybody I've ever seen. Good guy has been amazing. Um, and so we've been able to open him up to a whole world that he didn't fully understand. So even chefs are, are, are disconnected in a lot of ways from the farming practices. So when we go out to farms, a lot of times I take Josh with me. He's, he's able to, like last week we went and saw hogs being raised, pastured turkey, pastured poultry. He has a newfound respect for using those local products and why they may cost more, why they're a better quality, why that end product tastes way different and uh that's just something you know chefs are are an integral influence with the community you know they can highlight things and they make a huge difference you know a a lot of times these chefs almost have like celebrity status Mm -hmm. and uh that's awesome and and we can help them because what they do is everybody is really good at what you do right whatever it is the chef they can cook their but marketing may lack a little bit for whatever reason Now we're just able to bring it all together and, again, create that awareness.
0: That's fantastic. Ron, what one final word can you share with our listeners today as we wrap this up? uh, And and what's the next step for you guys after today?
2: The next step is is we're going to continue to develop the the additional content. But my, my challenge to all the listeners is how will you experience Arkansas agriculture? Think about the ways that you can experience it. Uh, visit us to learn about the different uh, new, new ways that you can go out and ex, ex, gain exposure. But then how will you experience Arkansas agriculture?
0: Let's do it. Let's get out and experience it. Let's uh, look forward to this summer season because this is the time of year to do it when everything's in season. We're just now approaching the first of May. Uh, tomatoes be coming off. Uh, down in southeast Arkansas, a lot of our fresh produce yeah. farmers markets are open now across the state, uh, and they'll be having uh, co- you know produce and, and product available all the way through August. Some of them are even year-round, aren't they?
2: Yeah, technology has allowed our farmers to produce year-round now. And and the thing we really want to stress is this is beyond just produce, so this is meat and eggs yeah. as well. So yeah. we've got farmers that produce year-round, and we're wanting to celebrate all of those. Uh, 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 Logan was talking about... The 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 heroes, the the celebrity status that the chefs have, we want to make our farmers and ranchers those celebrity status. Those are the heroes for us, and that's what we're hoping to do with this campaign. And even with COVID last
0: year, they step they continued to farm all throughout. They never stopped uh, because we've got to have food to eat, and and people look forward to it. So thank you for bringing that up as well. It's about all segments of agriculture, and uh, we are so diverse. We're so blessed here in Arkansas to have that right. Well, thank you guys for visiting with us for a few minutes today. Uh, I've been speaking with uh, Ron Rainey uh, with the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture, Logan Duvall uh, with the me-, me and McGee Market, who's going to be kind of the face of these videos that they're going to be producing and helping promote this, and then also Jamie Cousins, who is also uh, a communications manager with the Division of Agriculture. Thank you all so much for visiting with us on this edition of Arkansas AgCast.
1: Next, Keith Sutton talks with Arkansas Farm Bureau State Affairs Director Jeff Pitchford to get a final rundown on the legislative session, which wrapped up earlier this week until they reconvene to tackle special issues in the fall.
5: Welcome to AgCast. I'm Keith Sutton with Arkansas Farm Bureau, and today is the, the weekly Pitchford and Catfish show on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Jeff, we've been doing this for weeks now, but we're finally at the very end of our legislative session, and uh, it, it really is the end now. We're, we're getting down to the wire here, and we want to kind of recap for folks all the good things that have uh, been accomplished during this session, and uh, maybe even kind of take a look ahead of what will be coming when we have another session down the road.
6: Well, that's right, Keith. And I've really appreciated this, uh, being able to update our members. You're right. We're here at the last week of April, and this is the last week of the legislative session. They're promising to go home, and, and the budget bill is on the table for the state's budget. And so uh, this is it. Uh, all the knitting's been done, and they're starting to pack up and, and ready to go home. And so it's given us an opportunity to kind of stop and reflect. Uh, we've been doing this since January, and and sometimes you kind of forget things already because you have to immediately go on to the next bill. But let's take some time here to just reflect on, on what we've got, Keith. We've um,
5: Yeah, there's some really important stuff that's been accomplished this year, and we want everybody to know what some of those things are.
6: So looking at our prior priority list for Farm Bureau this uh, this session, we've been successful. Uh, first of all, we've always talked about the state meat inspection program. That is now Act 418. It has been established. Funding, uh, we... Uh, don't think it's going to get as much as we were wanting, but it's enough to get the program started. We've talked to the Secretary of Agriculture, Mr. Wes Ward. He's assured us that he's got enough there of the new money to get the program started. Of course, a lot of it will be setting up the rules and getting USDA approved, and that's going to take some time. So we have a little bit of time, but he's He's saying that uh, we can get going, and so we're excited about that. So that, that program is done, and we'll be working with the Department of Agriculture producers and processors across the state to help them and get the get that program up and running. We've got some other looking back, uh, the levee issues, the levees and drainage boards. That's always been a, an issue, especially when it floods. We've seen that over the last couple of years, some very destructive floods that have happened with levy breaches that have affected agriculture land. So there was four bills that were passed that will uh, enable levy boards to consolidate. Uh, a a levy board that's not working can, can dissolve. Uh, they'll be able to increase the, the tax rate on, on levy improvement districts a little bit uh, to fund much-needed repairs and maintenance. They'll also have to report annually to their county clerks, and that will provide more transparency, more information uh, for those levy districts. So all four of those small bills, but they'll be uh, helpful in that area and and moving forward.
5: Yeah, that that didn't seem to get to play. Maybe it deserved, because that's a big deal. We've had a a lot of farmers, uh, particularly in the eastern half of the state, that were devastating floods affected them so this is going to be a really big deal that'll help our farmers a lot
6: absolutely keith it's a it's a good first step right there and i think when those those are more tools that these levy districts can have uh to be more effective down the road very much so and so with that uh we're going to get some broadband funding we don't know exactly how much I think there's federal dollars that are coming in, but the legislatures heard from everyone. They they know that broadband is important. There was a couple of bills passed that would establish broadband improvement districts, so rural areas in the counties can can form a district to help them get broadband. Uh, it also allows cities and counties uh, they can uh, to finance. It, for broadband infrastructure now that they couldn't do before. So, again, another step there to help broadband and getting it out to rural Arkansas. And uh, so we're helpful there. Uh, Another bill uh, that kind of was very hot at the beginning of the session was the changes to the state plant board. And so uh, that the membership has been expanded. The voting membership has been expanded from 16 to 17 members. Uh, It does add more farmer representation, on that board and so those are two good things right there that uh, we feel good about and we're glad to have that done. We changed the Arkansas Lemon Law to, to uh, match a class three vehicles. These are those one ton, one ton uh, pickup trucks. So there was a little bit of a, di- a difference between the state definition and federal. So now the state mirrors the federal. So uh, that will help protect anyone that falls into that class three There, if they get a vehicle that's uh, that's a lemon, we also help the forestry industry. There's now a scholarship program, the Arkansas Foresters for the Future scholarship program, that should help uh, young people that want to get into forestry, and hopefully that'll help the forest industry. There's a shortage of trained foresters in the state.
5: That's another big deal.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So now this sets up where there'll be four a year: a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, and a senior who want to to major in that and work in that area. There's now some some uh, uh, funds accessible uh, for their scholar for their scholarship to pay for their school. We've also helped to create the Arkansas Center for Forest Business at the University of Arkansas Monticello. We have they have the allocation for. Uh, over hundred thousand dollars in funds. However, it has not been funded, and so we're still working on that. And there may be some one-time monies out there that we're going to be working on. So we we've got it we've got it set up on paper, and now it's time to to get the funding so they can do that. Also, we helped out the uh, dairy industry. There's a new bill that was passed. It's now Act Five Twenty One. It allows the Arkansas Milk Stabilization Board to have jurisdiction over milk prices, and basically uh, that says that anyone selling Class 1 prices will be paid a Class 1 price. And so the dairy farmers of Arkansas had reached out to Farm Bureau to help them. We've worked with the Attorney General's office, and we got that legislation passed. Hopefully that will help the the dairy industry.
5: And they need all the help they can get.
6: Absolutely.
5: They've had a rough time with it, so that will be a big deal for them.
6: Absolutely. And so looking at taxes, that's always an issue every legislative session, and we've got a couple of uh, things to report there. Uh, bill going through, it's heading to the governor's office. It hasn't been signed yet, but it is going there. That adjusts the current Water Resource Conservation and the Development Act. Uh, those That's a program in place now, but this is going to give a, a longer timeline for farmers to participate. It increases the amount of tax credits they can uh, and so this is we hopefully will be an incentive to get even more farmers involved in that program. And the other one is uh, helping the poultry industry. It was a bill that that popped up and we said, "Hey, we want to help out." In fact, it was an old farm bureau bill from several sessions ago that just didn't get through. It basically says if you're a poultry farmer and you're paying a sales tax on a on a metered well, you get your water from a municipality or a, a, a water district where you pay a sales tax, that sales tax is going to go away. And so probably the, if you are an, an average poultry farmer with an average number of, home, of, of poultry houses, you're probably going to save somewhere around, give or take, $1,000 a year in, in sales taxes. So it is something that, that uh, help. We had some other bills filed that didn't get passed, but uh, I think we've got some momentum and you're talking about coming back next uh, time. Well, in the in the tax, in the realm of taxation, in the 2023 session, I can see uh, a tax bill going through that helps incentivize uh, young farmers. Uh, a tax credit bill. Oh, we that'll be good. We had it introduced. Uh, a lot of head nods in committee. A lot of folks said, "Hey, we want to we want to study this, but can we bring it back in 2023?" And we said, "Absolutely." So we're going to have some legislation. I I, I feel sure about that'll help out there. Uh, Some bills were filed that will uh, help with the getting rid of the taxes on parts and labor for agriculture equipment. Didn't get any traction this time, but uh, a lot of people saying we need that. So I can see that bill coming back uh, again. So I think those are the highlights. Um,
5: And you know, what I see listening to all this is we have touched all sectors of agriculture from poultry and cattle and row crops. There's something in this that will benefit all our farmers and ranchers across the, the state in some way or another.
6: Yeah, Keith, you know, you're, you're right. Uh, we looked at it. Uh, it's, again, you get, get kind of lost in the forest during a session. There's so many bills and so many things going on. But at the end of the day, you're right. The 2021 session, which will be known as the COVID-19 session and, and a kind of an oddity session and one that lasted uh, longer than, than normal when it was all said and done. When the dust clears and this everything settles, uh, agriculture from one end of the state to the other uh, was touched uh, in some way Definitely by the was. legislature, and some good programs are out there now. You're talking about the levees, absolutely. That, that affects a lot of farmers. Uh, poultry farmers, beef cattle guys, uh, y- y- you name it. So uh, there was a lot of other little bills, but um, those were the highlights I think that we'll do. And at Farm Bureau, we're going to be putting together a, uh, a summary of this. We'll have a printed version, but I know we always put it on our website. So we'll have uh, a printed version that will highlight these and other bills that, that dealt with. Uh, agriculture in some form or fashion, and we'll have that. Uh, give us a, a few a few days to kind of catch our breath, but we'll be working on putting that uh, uh, review together and have that in the next month so everybody can go on and kind of see for themselves what all was done.
5: And here we are at the end of April, so it won't be long. We're going to be developing new policy going into the fall and uh, bringing new things to light that we'll be working on in the next session.
6: Absolutely, Keith. It never fails our policy development process here at Farm Bureau. It's the input that we get from our members. If you're a member, you can have have input into this process and we'll have policy development meetings across the state at every county. We'll have our fall resolutions committee, then our fall convention where we'll vote on it. Yes or no on adding or subtracting or changing uh, policies. And that gives us our marching orders, not only here at the state level but also at the federal level and, and at the local level when something comes up. And and there's issues all the time. There's issues at the, that we're dealing with from Washington, D.C., uh, some challenges there. There's always here at the state level. And we're seeing it even at the local level when urbanization up in northwest Arkansas with communities that are growing and uh, farmland that become – uh, subdivisions and what happens to the farms that are now next to them and and the pressures there uh, you're seeing it like the plant board issue that came up you know always uh, dealing with uh, issues like dicamba and and things of that nature and so uh, you you name it we see it at the federal the state and the local level and our policy development process uh, is done every year and, it's, and that's a good thing
5: our, our policy process is a good process it works but it only works if our members uh, contribute. So uh, keep, in, keep that in mind as we roll uh, through the summer and into the fall, get involved with the policy development process in your county, and uh, that's how these issues come up and how we take them on uh, uh, and tackle them every year.
6: Absolutely, Keith. That gives us our marching orders, and then we go out and work for you, our members.
5: Jeff, we appreciate all the weeks of keeping everybody up to date, and that kind of sums it up for this year. Are, and
6: are you going to have withdrawals, Keith? I of, am, of definitely.
5: Me? <laughs> I mean, this is an every-week deal we get together. But uh, I know you and I both have a little vacation time plan coming up. So Absolutely. So we're going to take a break until, until it's time for our next go-round. That's right. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Keith. Following a distinguished 24-year career, Dr. Bob Stark is retiring June 30th as Agriculture Economics Professor at the University of Arkansas at Monticello. Stark was part of the development of the College of Forestry, Agriculture, and Natural Resources in 2018. He's been involved with corn and soybean marketing and research programs and conducted studies on fresh market heirloom tomato production, which Southeast Arkansas is known for. Ken Moore has worked closely with Dr. Stark through the years, and in this conversation they reflected on his time at the university. Welcome to AgCast. I'm
0: Ken Moore, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Bob Stark. Dr. Stargett is an agricultural economics professor at the University of Arkansas at Monticello, and he has announced his retirement following a distinguished 24-year career there at UAM in Monticello. Uh, Dr. Stark, thanks for joining us on this week's edition of AgCast.
7: My pleasure,
0: Ken, always. I've had the pleasure of developing a nice friendship with Dr. Stark, uh, through our work together over the last several years. And, uh, he has been instrumental in leading the agricultural program there at UAM and uh, Dr. Stark, if you will, just kind of reflect on your 24 year career. If you can kind of capsulize and you don't have to do it in 60 seconds necessarily. But uh, because a lot of things have happened over the your career, and and uh, discuss how the program has grown and and where it is today, uh, from the time you started.
7: Thank you, Ken. Yes, I came to Monticello to UAM in August of '96. Uh, They had a vacancy in the agricultural economics uh, position, faculty position, and for oh the over twenty years. Uh, I worked here uh, at UAM. It was a nine-month teaching appointment, and then a supplemental appointment for the summer, uh, where I had my choice of research or and extension activities. I've been blessed to have a uh, variety of topics that I've been able to pursue um, in the on the teaching side. I have taught, uh, I think it was like 14 different classes. At at one time or the other, uh, some some of them only one semester, uh, but uh, it has evolved o- over time. Typically, uh, I was teaching uh, four classes in the fall and then four different classes in the spring. Uh, our program in agriculture at UAM is essentially a three faculty member uh, for the, on the teaching side, and we are, uh, agriculture, economics, plant and soil science, and animal science. Uh, We were a separate School of Agriculture until uh, July 1 of 2018, and at that point in time, uh, they merged the School of Agriculture
3: uh,
7: and the School of Forestry and Natural Resources, dissolving those two units and creating a new College of Forestry, Agriculture, and Natural Resources. Over the years, uh, I have pursued a lot of different extension research activities and had the privilege of working with hundreds of people that um, were a joy to work work with. Uh, Pleasure certainly enriched my life. Uh, The first work uh, that I was doing uh, substantially in research, I dealt with uh, some cotton work, actually, that I had done uh, in my previous employment for three and a half years at Tifton, Georgia. And I, I worked with Dr. Kelly Bryant uh, on the cotton study uh, that we were we were working through. And then I transitioned over into uh, the corn and soybeans and fresh market tomato. Uh, the fresh market tomato industry is a staple industry for decades uh, here in Southeast Arkansas, uh, and we were looking at uh, various aspects, production aspects. Uh, I worked with Dr. Paul Cooper, who was the Extension Horticulture Specialist, Dr. Paul Francis, the UAM Plant and Soil Science Professor. In these uh, tomato studies of various various types, we also did um, okra. We did sweet corn. Uh, we did. A whole host of different uh, studies that we we worked with uh, through that some of them being uh, regular uh, varieties, some of them being transgenic, uh, and uh, it was a, it was a pleasure pleasure to work on those. Uh, the more recent years, I've been uh, focused more heavily on soybeans. I've done the soybean research verification program economic analysis. I think it's 17 years uh, that I have written that uh, portion of the overall soybean research verification report, uh, and that's led me to have connections and interchange and and work uh, with the Tri-State Soybean Forum, yes, where I serve as Secretary Treasurer, and that uh, includes the states primarily of Arkansas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. And so it's it's been a, a variety of things that I've been able, able to do uh, and adjustments that I've made over my career.
0: Dr. Stark, that's outstanding. And I'm just curious, uh, over your distinguished 24-year career, uh, what type of growth have you seen in the way of recruiting students into your agricultural program there at UAM? Uh, are you seeing some cont- uh, consistent growth down there in Monticello?
7: The enrollment... Uh, An agriculture program uh, kind of ebbs and flows at times, and I think that reflects higher education in general. Uh, But we've been very consistent in terms of our agriculture program, Uh, the number of students uh, that we have have enrolled. We have five different options under our agriculture major. We're strictly a bachelor of science, uh, associate of science and agriculture program. The, uh, we do not have a graduate program in agriculture, but our our numbers have stayed very consistent. And I think one of the keys to that uh, at UAM is our interaction and our relationship between the faculty and the students. All of our students are advised from day one uh, by a faculty member in their chosen area if they have If they have designated animal science, or plant and soil science, or agribusiness, uh, they get that faculty member as their advisor from day one. And that builds a relationship, uh, which I think is very important. We have a high percentage of students who are uh, first-time college students in their families. And so they need that guidance and that direction. And it carries through not just through their classes and not just through scheduling their classes, but also uh, in their, as they move towards their careers and as they uh, seek scholarship and financial aid, um, we are there in terms of writing reference letters, uh, both for uh, scholarships and for uh, postgraduate employment. And uh, that creates a strong uh, following by our, our graduates, which is, uh, in turn, uh, assists in terms of recruitment of students.
0: Yeah, very good. Very good. Well, we hope you continue to have growth there. And I know UAM is uh, expanding every year and you referenced the uh, merger uh, with the uh, forestry uh, division, if you will, to blend it all into one uh, school of uh, agriculture, forestry and natural resources. And I think that can do nothing but just enhance the the offerings and the program down there. You're in Monticello there in Drew County. You're kind of in what I like to refer to as the epicenter of our specialty crop production. If you will, we have horticultural operations all over the state of Arkansas. We're a very diverse state in that regard, but when it comes to commercial tomato production and specialty crops, I think of Southeast Arkansas and, and you and Dr. Francis have really been key on that fresh market tomato production. Uh, talk about, you know, why, uh, Southeast Arkansas is, uh, Geographically, I guess uh, favored for that, and uh, and then touch on your uh, uh, the production of heirloom tomatoes. Uh, people are familiar with you know fresh vine ripe tomatoes in Arkansas, but there's something special about those heirlooms, aren't there?
7: Yes, there are. Uh, traditionally, uh, fresh market t- tomato production in southeast Arkansas, I think, grew out of the adaptability and the compatibility of the soil. And the uh, climate, uh, temperature, um, all of, all of the ingredients uh, that are required for any type of plant production. Uh, but I think uh, this was a market that early on uh, gained not just state-wide attention but national attention uh, for the vine and tomatoes. And initially, there were pink tomatoes. Uh, then at a There was a point in time uh, when the growers and the industry uh, demanded that uh, they shift over to uh, the red tomatoes that you see uh, commercially in the the grocery stores. But the heirloom tomatoes, the open-pollinated type of tomatoes uh, that you can save the seed uh, from year to year, uh, while the commercial went to hybrid tomatoes, and more uh, commercial-friendly uh, tomatoes. The heirloom tomatoes actually stayed around uh, in terms of markets, uh, farmers' markets, uh, but to even a, a greater extent, uh, home gardens and small uh, family gr- grow- growing areas. Um, Dr. Francis and I initially did did work, as I said, with Dr. Paul Supper Uh, regarding commercial production, but then we took an interest in the heirloom tomatoes, and we saw uh, the price premiums uh, that were being received in the Dallas market and the Chicago market uh, for heirloom tomatoes uh, and the consistency. And we got a grant from uh, the Arkansas Agriculture Department to look into uh, the creation and explore the marketability of heirloom tomatoes. And it was a very successful project. Uh, we were able to identify some growers uh, who were had an interest in this. Uh, we were able to help them uh, establish connections. And we found that there was a variety of marketing outlets uh, that the heirloom tomatoes could flow through and were flowing through. Uh, And what we did was we basically facilitated uh, the development of of that market. It led to uh, a study uh, that we uh, conducted over a number of years uh, where we were looking at varieties and looking at the adaptability of heirloom varieties to southeast Arkansas, to this growing area. We were trying to get things that were applicable Uh, to southeast Arkansas and Arkansas in general. Uh, And it culminated in about, uh, I think it was 2010, we were wrapping up this project with the Arkansas Agriculture Department, and we said, okay, um, what could we do to kind of celebrate as a capstone? And we decided to have, for lack of a better term, a garden party uh, that (laughs) involved uh, taste sampling, of heirloom tomatoes, mm-hmm. and a, a dinner uh, on the uh, grounds of our uh, bed and breakfast here, uh, Trotter House uh, with the UAM, and we thought it would be a nice uh, culmination that year of the project, mm-hmm. and it turned into a nine-year <laughs> uh, <laughs> continuing event uh, that grew uh, grew in terms of numbers, uh, the, the benefit uh, to the students was that all of the profits uh, that were generated went to uh, student scholarships and agriculture. But it also built uh, an awareness of the heirloom tomatoes. And we see heirloom tomatoes now uh, throughout Arkansas, throughout Southeast Arkansas, and they're a national phenomenon, uh, a reawakening. And um, we take a lot of pride uh, in that for the small contributions that we made made toward it
0: well we appreciate your efforts in that and uh, i do love my cherokee purple <laughs> i gotta try to find some a, every summer
7: that's a rock star uh but there are there are many varieties of heirloom tomatoes uh some of them uh pink tomatoes some of them um, red tomatoes uh the you know the the classifications different different colors different degrees of uh, acidity uh, that are involved, and they, they're really something that uh, chefs and upscale restaurants as well as just regular family uh, eating, uh, the key is the superior taste uh, that they have and the superior flavor. And uh, we had a second grant where we were uh, establishing, and Dr. Francis is still continuing that, that grant uh, this year. Uh, Wrapping it up, where we are actually forming a heirloom tomato uh, association of producers uh, to connect producers and consumers, uh, provide them some connections to that. So that's something hopefully that will continue to go forward and and be developed and maintained uh, for the industry.
0: Very good, very good. Well, before we wrap this up in this conversation, uh, I want to touch on your. uh, Leadership, if you will, of your local uh, UAM chapter of the Collegiate Farm Bureau. Uh, We have, uh, you know, been very proud to uh, connect with and network with universities all across the state in developing these Collegiate Farm Bureau chapters. And I know you have an outstanding one there at UAM, and uh, I know you're going to miss working with those students that you've been kind of mentoring. Uh, through this. But talk about the importance of these Collegiate Farm Bureau chapters and what you all have done down there in Monticello.
7: Yes, Ken, when Collegiate Farm Bureau was first initiated in Arkansas, it came out of a recognition of a lapse, uh, if you will, uh, that was occurring where students, they got in high school, maybe they got into college, and they – for whatever reason, uh, had disconnected from Farm Bureau, and then life got in uh, in the way, so to speak. Uh, and you know, they they had marriages, they had children, they had other act- careers and activities, and the state Farm Bureau uh, leadership recognized, hey, we're we're losing these people until they get up in their 40s or 50s. Uh, years of age, uh, and then they're coming back and, uh, and we've lost their input through that time period and their perspective. And so the collegiate farm bureaus were established and I think there are six of them or seven across the state of Arkansas, uh, basically all of your schools, uh, that teach, uh, an agriculture, have an agricultural program. And we've been very blessed. My roots go deep. Uh, in Farm Bureau, I was uh, raised in Kentucky. Um, my father was born uh, the year that uh, the uh, Farm Bureau in Kentucky was created, and that was back in 1919. And um, and so uh, I, during my pre-academic uh, years, before I came back to teacher college, uh, I served on the state. Young Farmer and Ranchers Committee. Uh, I was a county uh, young farmers uh, chairman, and I was a county board member, and so I had uh, a lot of experience in the farm bureau and background, uh, not just from um, Kentucky, but also from Georgia, and and uh, and knew knew a bit, a good bit about it over the, on the national level, and so it was a great opportunity when Arkansas Farm Bureau. I initiated the Collegiate Farm Bureaus, and it was a natural step uh, for me to to, to come in as the faculty advisor for the UAM uh, Collegiate Farm Bureau. We've been very fortunate. I've I've been blessed to have some wonderful students, uh, very active students. Um, American Farm Bureau has a mini-grant program. Uh, They have one in the fall and one in the spring semester each year. Uh, where they, they have competition and the different, uh, collegiate farm bureaus, uh, can submit proposals, uh, for funding, uh, and it can be funding for an event, it can be funding for an activity, um, it, it's very diverse. Uh, we've been blessed, uh, to, and we have, uh, participated multiple years in that, uh, competition, and we've been blessed to have two, national uh, awards for those many grants and I think those are the only two that have been awarded to the state of Arkansas and that's not a tribute to me, that's a tribute uh, to my students and their creativity uh, the, the activities that they've had one we went to uh, a national convention took a group of of our student leadership in collegiate farm bureau uh, more recently and in the past year we did uh, a video, a promotional video for Collegiate Farm Bureau to explain what it, what it is and uh, the benefits of membership. And that's something that will be used uh, not just in the current year, but in years, years to come uh, in terms of promotion and, and recruitment. But uh, it's provided a lot of opportunities for our students, from uh, attending state conferences, uh, attending the national convention, uh, participating in the Collegiate Farm Bureau discussion meet and the Younger Farmer and Rancher uh, discussion meet on a statewide level. Uh, so it's been, it's been a great experience. And I think the most pleasing thing to me, uh, the point of pride on that, is when I look at local Farm Bureau boards of, director, board of directors and see uh, my former students and former Collegiate Farm Bureau members now stepping up not when they're in their 50s, uh, but uh, but in their 20s and 30s, uh, stepping up and providing leadership, and I think that has benefited the Arkansas Farm Bureau uh, immensely.
0: No question about that, and we applaud you for your uh, leadership as the faculty advisor there at uh, UAM with your students. Whenever I. Was able to tr- attend the uh, Drew County Farm Bureau annual meeting down there in Monticello. In years past, I'd always see those students in their green shirts serving the meals and uh, and getting involved and learning about what Arkansas Farm Bureau is all about. And it's it's about that voluntary leadership. We do need those twenty year olds to step up and uh, give their time. You know when they get out of school. So thank you for for your mentorship there, Dr. Stark and, uh, and sharing a little bit about your career there. I know you're going to be missed at UAM when you step down, I believe you're going to, uh, walk away and, and retire effective June 30th. So you've got a couple of months left, but, uh, all the best. And I know you're still going to be working, uh, kind of from home. I suppose a little bit as a professor emeritus, is that right? That is
7: correct. Ken, uh, the U of A system uh is graciously uh, agreed uh bestowed on me the status of professor Emeritus uh I do have uh a project uh funded by the Arkansas soybean Promotion board for this year and uh, as we get uh new faculty members brought in into uh, the program uh, it'll be a transition as we find uh what their interests are. Uh, the direction and reallocating uh, the, the work that has been done uh, and adding new work, adding new new efforts uh, that are tied in. But I hope to be able to look at uh, some Mid-South soybean and corn issues that, quite frankly, I haven't had time uh, to devote uh, my full efforts to those. Uh, and I'll uh, have, a, for the short term at least, I'll have a an office here uh, on the UAM campus and continue to work through that. Oh, great. And I look forward to that because I enjoy, have enjoyed working with the extension specialists and the researchers in the division of agriculture and at the other universities, uh, across the state and, uh, in Mississippi, Louisiana also.
0: Well, that's fantastic. So you will get to continue to have that interaction there with that special office, even uh, beyond June 30th. Well, Dr. Stark, thank you so much for giving us some minutes of your time and uh, discussing your career there. We appreciate your leadership there at UAM. And uh, I certainly appreciate your friendship and I will miss uh, our interaction in the years to come, but uh, all the best.
7: Thank you very much, Ken. Uh, It goes both ways. Uh, uh, All of the folks that I've worked with at Farm Bureau have been so gracious and so uh, supportive of our program and uh, the, uh, the efforts that my students and I have, have pursued. And we certainly appreciate it. And I, I'm excited, looking forward uh, to, the, to the students uh, that we currently have in leadership and transitioning uh, to a new student uh, advisor for the Collegiate Farm Bureau.
0: Fantastic. We've been speaking with Dr. Bob Stark, Agricultural Economics Professor, at the University of Arkansas at Monticello
1: on this edition of Arkansas AgCast. That's a wrap for another Arkansas AgCast. Come back next Thursday for more news and views on Arkansas agriculture.